Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And today we're going to be talking about lazy faith, <laughs> you heathens. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully that's not you. We're, we're going to find out though. We're going to talk about it. See what that means. What is lazy faith? What's that even mean? We're going to talk about that and why that's an important concept to consider. Um, and we're going to do all that as soon as we get back uh, from this message from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, Randy, what are we talking about, man? Okay, yeah. We're talking about lazy faith. Uh, so I'm, I'm part of a small group. And in the small group, we're looking at the book of James, and uh, we were in chapter 2. And the second half of chapter 2 deals with this huge, big section about James saying faith without works is dead. And I've heard that all my life. And I thought, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I get that. It, it uh, But in the middle of that passage, it is James 2, verse 20, I think it is. My Bible's flying all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith without works is useless. Now, some of the older versions still say faith without works is dead. In James 2, 20, and that's... That's a textual critical thing. Some of the later texts uh, plug that in there because James starts that section saying faith without works is dead, and he ends the section saying faith without works is dead. But in the middle, he doesn't actually say that. He says faith without works is useless. And when I looked at the word useless, that word only occurs eight times in the New Testament, and for the eight times it's translated lazy. Faith without works is lazy faith. And I thought, whoa, that Interesting. makes sense to me. So I thought we could come here and talk about lazy faith. Hmm. You So like right out the gate, what that kind of brings to mind, that imagery of something being lazy. Um, generally, when we're talking about somebody being lazy, we're talking about a lack of a, of a work ethic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is interesting because that's kind of what this is. You have the capacity to do it, but you don't have the motivation. Right. Right. And and so here in James saying faith without works is lazy. Is lazy faith. He also says it's dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it worthwhile to actually read that passage? Please. Okay. Um, James starts it. Now we're going to go from 17 uh, down to the end of the chapter 26. So you see, faith by its and I'm, I'm reading from New Living Translation. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now some may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. I say... How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Eh, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Or like we said, faith without works is lazy. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. So it happened just as scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He's even called the friend of God. So you see, we're shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. So there it is. Interesting. So... I mean, the the first thing that some people are going to be thinking right now, and so I'm, I'm going to try and play devil's advocate a little bit here, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, and yeah. Plug the the questions I think people might be right. curious about. Um, are you saying that we have to work for our salvation? I think that is the exact question that a lot of people approach this looking at, and that's not the question that James is trying to answer. Okay, so what is James saying then? Well, I think a lot of people will take what Paul says and they throw it on the wall and then they throw James up by it and it looks like they're saying two completely different things. Uh, Romans 3.28, let me look that up here real quick. Paul's writing the book of Romans and, of course, he's writing to a different audience than James. But Paul says, Romans three twenty eight, we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. So it's not works. Some of the more literal translations say exactly. We are made, uh, we're justified by faith apart from works of the law. Paul, even the very next chapter, he uses the very same example that James uses. Abraham 
offering of Isaac and the way Paul uses it, he ends up saying we're justified by faith. The way James uses it, he's saying, so it's Abraham's works that justified him. So that is the key question. Is James saying here, does Scripture say we're justified by works? And I don't think that's what James is saying. I mean, that's that's not – okay. If those – if they're saying two separate things, then that means that there is a conflict within Scripture. Right. Which would mean that Scripture is not true. On yeah, some, right. at least parts of it. Right, right. <laughs> Which – we know isn't the fact. So the matter must be that they are saying the same thing in different ways. Yeah, and and it's it's like two sides of the same coin. Um, so what James is saying, James is nowhere saying that we are justified, we are made right with God without faith. Absolutely not. James says we've got to have faith. Um, Let's see back in the, well, opening words of the book of James. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, count it as an opportunity for great joy. You know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So it all starts with faith. Faith, when it's tested, produces endurance. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Do you know what he actually says there? He says that your works, uh, your, your faith produces endurance, and endurance is fully developed. Guess what word? That fully developed is. Let's hear it. Work. Interesting. Your endurance produces works. Okay. So faith produces endurance, and endurance produces, and right here it is, works. What do you mean by endurance? Let's spell that out for everybody. Oh man, I didn't come prepared to talk about that. So what what uh what are some of the other translations say? Do you, you uh Let me pull you have it up there? I can. Yeah. Give me that passage again. Uh that is James one, two, and three, and I believe it is in the middle of no, it's verse four, verse four. When your endurance is fully developed, when your endurance is working, literally. Um, I did want to mention, too, that what James does here, it's actually a pun. The Greek word for uh, uh, work is ergos. Uh, We have an ergonomic chair. It's one that fits our body. It makes work easier, right? Ergos. The word for lazy is argos. So he's saying, ergos, argos, Uh, your faith is useless, is lazy. It's almost like those two words, they sound similar, so they 
they have like a poetic ring to them, but they're Definitely. saying opposite concepts. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of fun. Um, so it seems like endurance. Okay. Let's see here. You said three is the one where endurance is. Uh, it first occurs in three and then it's repeated in four. Oh, so three and four. So patience is another word for endurance. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Um, patient and suffering. Um, steadfastness. Okay. Uh, so, so that we learn to, I mean, it's kind of that we mature. That you, that you persevere, kind of. Yeah, that right? we, we stand in the face of temptation and don't give in. Right. And that produces works. So when your faith is tested, it makes you patient. It makes you, uh, it, it helps you to hang on. And when you hang on, that is working. Well, it produces works. Um, is, it equi- is, it, is it saying they are one and the same? It says when your endurance is fully developed. And uh, what I have here in my uh, notes is that endurance has, uh, what it says is endurance has its perfect work. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, let patience have her perfect work is another yep. one. Yep. Finish its work. Um so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So let it finish its work. That's an interesting way of thinking it is, about it. Is. it. But again, it's linking up faith and works, but not in a way that James is saying these are opposites. Instead, it's like a process. They come to- we start with faith. Faith produces patience. Patience Ooh. then works in us to produce maturity and uh, completeness. I'll uh, I'll have to find a, a passage. There's another passage I think kind of outlines that well. Um, do you want to keep moving through the outline? Sure, James 1.5. Uh, we're talking here about what the word faith means. And I'm looking specifically, in fact, I'm looking only in the book of James. Um, James says, if you need wisdom, ask for wisdom in faith. Ask in faith. So there it seems like what James is saying, uh, when you ask for wisdom, be confident. Uh, as for wisdom, faith there is is kind of that confidence that God will give it. Then in chapter 2, uh, we kind of skipped over the first section. The first section is about uh, prejudice in the church, about uh, the division between rich and poor. Don't cater to the rich simply because they have money and overlook the poor. So uh, James, start that section uh, 2-1, Dear Brothers and Sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? So there, uh, it's like James is saying, how can you say that you're a Christian, that, that you belong to the faith? So their faith is kind of the complete set of, of uh, beliefs, the the. Uh, Everything that it means to be a Christian. Two five, uh, he says, uh, "Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Do, hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich, 
in faith. Okay, there, faith is uh, more like uh, trust or confidence in God. The poor have more confidence in God because that's all they have. The rich can trust in their money. Um, the poor have to say, in God we trust. <laughs> um, it's used one more time, James 5.15. Uh, the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And that seems to go back to the idea of confidence. A, a prayer, praying with confidence will bring healing. Now it's used 11 more times in the book of James, but those 11 times comes in the passage that we read. Chapter 2, verses 14 uh, to 26. You know what? I started at 17. Should I read that little paragraph sure. ahead of time? Yeah. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your action? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, and you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? And then he starts the other passage that we read. He gives a case study. What do you do when somebody comes to you and says, I'm hungry, I'm cold? Do you just say, hey, I'll pray for you? Uh, there's <laughs> the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what James is saying is lazy faith. Right. You have the ability to help, but not the motivation. Okay, so let me push back a little bit. Like I said, I want to play devil's advocate on this one because this one's tough. Like this is – there's nuance to this subject. Oh, yeah. And it's it's almost one of those kind of paradoxical things of the Bible that I don't know we can fully understand. Probably not. But I think we can <laughs> land on some pretty confident leanings at the end here. Hopefully so. <laughs> um, but I want to push back. We've talked about Hebrews 11 before. Yeah. When it talks about the hall of faith, right? right like right, all the heroes right, right, of the faith. Right, right, right. And you go through that and there's some names in there you'd most certainly expect to hear. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Right. Abraham. Abraham. Moses. Moses right? Yeah. Yeah. David, I think, is in there. I think so. Um, but then you get to the end and he's gone on and on and on talking about all these people. And then he gets to the end and he says, and what more shall I say? I don't even have time to tell about Gideon, right. Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. About David and Samuel, the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained that, uh, what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign in armies. Um, and there he's telling the story of Samson and, and Jephthah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he just goes on and on and on. And, and if, uh, after that passage, he says... Uh, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. As in, right. they receive salvation with us is what that is saying, right? Seems like it. Right. So here's my thing. Gideon's story does not end well. No, 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 no. And... I mean, he makes an ephod... And lets people worship it. They set it up as a false god, right? And, and Gideon's just sitting there. And there is nothing that states like that he gets it together. No, it doesn't say that. No, no, the no. The story just and you know, and he 
lived to a ripe old age, and then he died. Uh, All of Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping the ephod there, and it became a snare to Gideon and his family. And then then he died. Then it gives (laughs) the story of his kids, and his kids are horrible. Right. And so... Despite but he's not the that, only one. Right, right, right. No, there's lots of those, right? There's lots of those. Well, and he mentioned that, Samson. Right. And that's a horrible story. The only reason I don't bring up Samson is because his story, he kind of has that change of heart moment at the end. He does. He does. Gideon doesn't. That's why I'm kind of leaning on him. Because but then he's you get like, Jephthah. Does Jephthah have a redeeming moment? No, he doesn't. Not at the end. He. The last time you hear uh, Jephthah mentioned... Uh, he has sacrificed his daughter as a human sacrifice. Let me see if I can pull. I don't think I... And then he attacks one of the towns of Israel. Really? Yeah. But that man is named for his faith. I don't understand that. Well, okay, I so, really don't. But this this is where things get really hairy for me. And this is where the whole understanding of works through faith gets muddled for me because I just read Hebrews that said those guys are in the hall of faith and these men are commended for their great faith and that they will receive com- a completeness with us. That sounds like full-blown, like new body, <laughs> like like when we are made complete together in Christ, right? My My... My thing is, that's tough because these guys don't seem like they're living the way James would maybe say they should be living. And so my issue is, I don't know that faith working through us is so much us as it is the faith in us. That if there is a true faith in us, then it will work through us. Okay, okay. Does that make sense? And the, and the reason I'm saying that is is because Gideon and Jephthah, I mean, in their stories, they don't end well. Yeah, that's right. They don't. Yet they are named as believers and faithful ones at that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's tricky. So I have a hard time maybe thinking uh, th- this kind of maybe stokes the fires of maybe just a little tinge of Calvinism in what I'm saying here, <laughs> you know? Like, and, and, you know, if you know me, you know I'm not a Calvinist. But this is one of those parts where I have to go, but what's going on there? What is going on there? That seems interesting. That was weird. Yeah. I wonder if they'll hear that on the thing. Sorry, we just had a weird little feedback thing come through our headphones. So if you guys hear that on the, on, uh, on the recording of this, I'm sorry. Excuse us. Um, my translations there at the end of Hebrews 11 says that they earned a good reputation because of their faith keep going yeah uh, none of them received all that God had promised God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us so they reach perfection but they reach it with us yeah yeah yeah. That's the part I'm saying. Wait, yeah. what? And yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, and this is why I'm saying this is kind of paradoxical. Yeah, this is like, hey, yes, we are partnering with God in this, and so we are to do good because we have faith. But at the same time, 
it seems like there's part of this that it's it's not really us it's it's god working through us well and yeah yeah and and i i really think that that's what both james and paul are saying mm-hmm. um there are works involved but it's not our works it's the works of the faith that we have taken right so i mean this is kind of where i might lean more on the whole like if you if you have no works, if you and I'm talking, I'm saying no works, right? Right. Because like we can't say that it's a matter of like always maintaining doing good, right? Because those guys just named didn't, right? So it must be a. There are times where your faith will shine through in you, and people will see that it is real in you. Yeah. But it's not going to be consistent. We should strive for it to be right, but. It's likely not always going to be. And I think what James is saying is, and it's not just what you say. It's what you do. It's what you do. That your action will show the true faith in you. Yeah. 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 But the actions don't qualify. Sorry, the actions don't earn the faith. The actions don't earn the salvation. It doesn't work that way. They are a fruit of a true faith. They are a fruit of faith. Right. right, and that doesn't mean, I, yeah, yeah, man. That's just it's a lot. It's a lot, and the reason I'm kind of leaning on that whole like it's not of us. And this was the passage I was looking for earlier is Ephesians three fifteen through twenty one. Um, says from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his gracious riches, at, so out of his gracious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with, uh, filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, now, to him who is able to do immeasurably, uh, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be uh, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what I see happening there is it's this statement of, so God, through his glorious riches, that he strengthens us with power through his spirit. Mm-hmm. So he empowers us through the Holy Spirit in our inner being so that Christ will then dwell in our hearts through faith. Right. Right. So he brings us to the faith right. to have the right. faith so that Christ then lives in us. Yeah. Right. Um, where am I at? I'm trying, I'm trying to do it systematically here. Uh, in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you then being rooted and established in love now that Christ is living in you because you've come to faith, right, Right. may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how deep uh, the love of Christ is and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. So it's like we have God giving us the Holy Spirit, which Mm -hmm. gives us faith. Right. Well, faith, which gives us the Holy Spirit, I should say. He empowers us to faith. In Christ, which gives us Christ, who gives us power to understand his love 
Right. And once we understand his love, then we can reach our fullness. Then we are filled to the brim, the the fullest measure of what he has for us. I, I see this step by step by step by step in this passage, which is why I think it's so interesting. It's not just this like one big moment thing. It's like right. yes, God yes, gave yes, you the yes, power. It's, it's a process. You believed. Definitely. Christ comes into your life. He gives you the power to understand his love. When you understand his love, you can then be who you've been called to be. Yeah. And I, I feel like that that is intrinsically connected to what we're talking about here. Faith and works. Like the faith brings the understanding of his love, which brings works. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair way of looking at it? I think so. It? Do you think the word power there is related to works when he says that he gives you power? I don't know. Is that uh, ability? It's probably dunamis. Uh, Strengthen you with power. Let me let me look that up. Okay. Um, um, we kind of did a down and dirty definition of the word faith. Let's do the same thing for the word works. Outside of James two fourteen to twenty six, inside James two fourteen to twenty six. Like faith works occurs 12 times. Um, so um, it, interesting, both of them, it's, it's uh, about a dozen times that it occurs there. Outside of that, it occurs in 1-4. We already looked at that. Faith produces patience. Patience has its work, which is maturity and completion. James one twenty five talks about being not just a hearer of the word, but a doer, a worker of the word. And that's the word for works. James 3.13 is a very interesting, who's wise and understanding among you? Let him show by his good behavior his works with the wisdom of humility. So their good behavior also produces uh, works. Uh, if you look, uh, works also has a verb, and it's the verb to do, and it's mentioned James 1, 22, 23, 25, and 4, 11, when James says, be doers of the word, be workers of the word. So there again, the word brings faith, and we are to execute. The word we're to do it. We're not to let our faith be lazy. Instead, we're supposed to do it. Now, what'd you find? Um, the word power we were yeah. questioning is catalambano. Oh wow! Which is to obtain or to seize or to take hold of or to comprehend okay. or perceive. Okay. So, so it's more a it's a head knowledge. It's a head it's knowledge. A, it's an understanding okay. of. Okay, that's fine. Which power is a really bad translation there? Then, if that's the case, yeah. at least in modern English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are better words. There are better words. So we started this whole thing. Started down this rabbit trail of what does faith mean? What does works means? By asking the question, what does lazy faith look like? And I think that that uh, case study that James presents at the beginning of this passage, 
and some of what we have talked about, not only in James, but in Paul. Lazy faith is faith that is just spoken. It's uh, in, in, uh, in another sense, hearing the word, but not doing it. Saying the word, but not doing it. Is it, is it fair to say that even lazy faith, I mean, well, okay, so if he's, he's drawing a parallel between the term lazy and dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. he's saying laziness and death are the same thing here in some yeah. sense. Right? It's, it's bad. It's not there. It's not real. It's not true. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So he's saying that a faith without works is not a faith at all. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So there's some level of this that isn't even just doing. I agree. It is doing. But I think it's not even comprehending. It, like if we take this, this concept of uh, that we obtain the understanding of the love of Christ right through our faith, right? there is a head knowledge level to this as well then. That that you do not comprehend this in your heart, in your head, or in your action. Okay, yeah. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, I think so. So it's almost like a scholastic view of faith. It's like, yeah, I've yes, read this, yes. and I understand, and yes, I have that. I've got it up here in my head, but not in my heart, not in my hands, right. not in my feet. There's no feeling it. There's right. no... Yeah. It's just a statement. It's a dead statement. Yeah. It's like yeah. what the demons would do. And that is what that passage is talking about. What he literally says is, you believe that God is one. Good on you. Uh, God is one is what a good Jew would say four times a day. Mm. Uh, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Yes. So he's saying, you've got good theology. Good. Good for you. That's all you got. So do the demons. <laughs> right. And they quake in their boots when they think that God is one. Well, think about when he separates the sheep from the goats. What is the one determining thing that really differs from That's the two? Right. They've both done great things. Yeah. Right? Because even the goats who are unbelievers, right. well, would claim that they're they believers. They are claiming they're believers. Say, look, I've gone out and I've I've healed in your name. I've I've done all this in your name. Yep. And Jesus looks at them and says, but I never knew you. Yeah. And so maybe that's what this whole thing really boils down to, is the difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. Yeah. Right? Like, I know yeah, I think who so. Joe Biden is. I don't know Joe Biden. Right. Right? I've never had a conversation with him. Right. I've never talked to him one-on-one. -on -one. I've never got to know ab about the inner thoughts of the man. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, sorry, this is the first person that came to mind, not picking on old Joe, but uh, <laughs> just, it, it is what it is. Like, it, you either know somebody or you don't. Yeah. You can say you know about them. That does not mean you know them. Correct. Correct. And that may be what faith boils down to in some capacity. It's, I say I have it, but I don't really – Ah, that's a bad way of putting it. it it's the matter of – It's. I think it's a matter of the heart. Yeah. It's a matter of the heart. There are two statements here that James makes. Uh, I, to me, these really kind of uh, explain the whole situation. First is uh, James 2.22. 
You see, and he's talking about Abraham here. Abraham's faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. Yeah. Yeah. The second is the very last statement that he makes. Just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. The works are the breath of faith. The works are the breath of faith. You have to keep breathing. It gives life to the faith. Yeah, you have to keep breathing. So, okay, this is interesting. Okay, I'm taking us right off the rails, and I'm sorry I have to do this. <laughs> um, so I, I've, I've, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but when Adam and Eve sin in the garden, right? God goes to the, uh, you know, whether he's speaking to the, the rest of the Trinity or to the, you know, the sons of God, the heavenly host, what have you. He makes the statement, man has eaten the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they've become like us. And we must cut them off from the tree of life, lest they live forever. So negative connotation, lest, like, to make sure they don't live right. forever. Correct. And there have been people speculate on the tree of life and the concept of the tree of life. I personally think it's Jesus. I think it's a metaphor for Jesus. Maybe it's a literal thing too, but the point is Jesus is the vine to which we are connected. He is is our source of life. Right, right. He says, I am the life. And the interesting thing about fruit is in order to be sustained by food, we have to keep eating it. Yeah. And that's what I think is so interesting about the concept of the tree of life is there are people that think, oh, if man would have just eaten the tree of life, he would have lived forever. Who's to say that eating the tree of life isn't a day-to-day-to-day-to-day thing that you have to keep yeah. eating of the tree of life to eat forever, to live forever? Right. And, and my you point have to is, live in the garden to do that. Right. And my point is we have – so taking what you just said there, you have to be in the garden. We have to be in proximity of Christ. We yeah. have to be with him. We have to be standing with him. And he being our – Fruit of life, you know, fruit of the tree of life. He being our vine to which we are connected or else we die and wither, right? Um, We have to stay connected. We have to keep eating. I mean, think how interesting that he say through the communion, this is my body. Yeah, Eat me, me, drink me, you know, like, like... And do this often. Do it often. Like, we have to be connected to him. We are... He is to be our sustenance, our giver of life. And if we're doing that... And we are, and I mean like in our hearts, we're doing that, not just in our action, not just in our, you know, in our word or, or in our, you know, meaningless deeds, but we truly are coming to him for life. I don't think we have to worry about whether or not we're good with Jesus. You you see what I'm saying? Like, like we, at that point, we are keeping it in check. We are making sure we're right. Like... We are coming to him. He is our source of life. Does that make sense? Yes, it I'm does. not saying that it doesn't matter. I'm saying you know you're connected to him. You know him and he knows right, you. Right, right, right. You know? So one of the questions that we started with is, is this uh, different from what Paul is saying? Well, vocabulary is certainly different. The expression is different. But it seems to me like they are saying the very same thing. There is a passage in the book of Galatians, Galatians 5, verse 6, 
where Paul says, when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or uncircumcised. So works doesn't save you. The work of circumcision or not circumcision isn't what saves you. Uh, when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in that. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. What Paul literally says, what's important is faith working in love. And love is the greatest of the commandments. Yeah, yeah. To love God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But it's faith and work together. Right. It's faith working. It's not a lazy faith. It's a faith that finds expression. The expression by itself doesn't do anything for us. It's faith which produces patience, and then patience works in love. Well, yeah, I mean, but even then you could turn it into an argument that love without faith isn't really love. Yeah. It's there's some there's some deep seated selfishness the, these in it. Things in hang it. together, right? Yeah. Like that's back to yeah. that whole paradox thing. Right. Is like this is a total package deal. Like it takes the whole picture working together. You don't together. get to pick and choose, right? Which, <laughs> if you go back, uh, Paul at the end of this chapter, he talks about the fruit of the spirit and the works of flesh. Right. He doesn't talk about the different fruits. Of the spirit, it's one fruit. Now there are nine elements in that fruit, but the works of the flesh, there's a bunch of them, and you get any one of them, it's bad, it's fleshly. But the fruit of the spirit, you got to have all nine, and they hang together. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. And first one, love, yeah, love, peace, joy, and and uh, on through the rest of them. Look, we've. We've jumped around a little bit here because you have to. Because this stuff is not like so neatly laid out. No, and it really is kind of getting at the core of what it really does mean to be a Christian. Faith working through love. It's the same reason we can't just isolate one passage and go, oh, look, this is what it says about X, Y, or Z. We have to read the Bible holistically. We have to to put all of our knowledge together together and go, no, look, when you read it all together, it clearly doesn't say this one isolated thing. This one isolated thing just shows me a different side of the whole picture. Um, and so we, you know, we hope we've helped you in that in some capacity. You could, you got to be really careful on this subject though, because you can get hung up in the weeds pretty easy. Yeah. This could turn into an argument of once saved, always saved versus can I lose my salvation? Right. And and here's the deal. Notice we're not even really talking about that because that's not what really matters in this passage. It's not what they're talking about. No, no. I mean, it can go there, sure. but but that's not really what matters here. What matters here is, are you coming back to the source of your faith every day? Are you connected to God? Do you know God? And that knowing, that faith, that connection, out of that, is there this overflowing of just doing good, loving right. the people around you? Is your faith bearing fruit in your life? Is it, is it driving you to be more involved in other people, 
more helpful to those around you. Right. Because if it's not, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily like the moment we're like, oh, then you're not saved, you know, but, but I mean, maybe, maybe you don't well, haven't come to give your life to Christ yet. I don't know. James doesn't say, hey, you really don't have faith. He just says your faith is lazy. Or dead. That's where. That's or dead. Where, right. That's yep, what. That's yep, why yep. I'm being kind of kind of <laughs> nuanced here. True. But like. <laughs> Very true. Right. So like my point is though, what that should do for us if we look at our faith and go, I have no works. Nothing about my life shows that I truly believe this. Yeah. Um. That should concern us. Definitely. Deeply. Yes. And that should then turn us back to Christ and say, Lord, you know. Forgive me where I've fallen short and fix me where I'm broken. Help me to do what you want me to do. Don't make it all about me. Let me be all about you. Let me be all about the people around me. Yeah. Um, it should drive our hearts back to the giver of life, the giver of... I mean, back to that Ephesians passage. It all comes from him. Yeah. Notice none of that stuff flows from us originally. It's It's... There's a trickle-down effect, and it all comes from God. All the yeah. good we do, all the faith in us, all the works, whatever, um, or even our understanding of his love for us, it all starts with him. So we got to start there. we got to keep going back to him and saying, yeah. please help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we miss anything? I'm sure, but uh, nothing comes to mind right now. I, I, I don't know, Zach, uh, Strange things capture my attention, and when I saw that lazy faith, I thought, ooh, that's weird. It must be important. <laughs> yes, back to, back to that Michael Heiser back quote, Back to the Michael right? Heiser quote. If it's yeah. weird, it must be important. Yep. Yeah. Lazy faith. Let that catch your eye, though. Let, yeah. let the weird stuff catch your eye and drag yeah. you down the rabbit hole to right, find out right, what right, God's right. trying to show you there. Once you dig deep, uh, things do start making sense, and the weirdness melts away, and uh, you say, hey, no, this is this is foundational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So be thinking about that. Be praying about that, and uh, just keep coming back to Jesus to strengthen your faith or to... Uh, find your faith in him in the first place, wherever you're at with him today. Uh, don't hesitate. Make that happen. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Salty Saints. Make sure to check out our website, saltysaintspodcast.com. Send us a message. Um, let us know where you're at. Let us know what prayer requests you need. Let us know what episodes you want to hear from us. Uh, we always love hearing that stuff from you guys. It really does help us plan for the future. Um, make sure to check out our friends at Life Audio. They got lots of fun podcasts, stuff on parenting and reading the Bible, and uh, just how to walk in your daily faith with God. All sorts of podcasts, um, and even just some kind of just fun conversational stuff over there too. Yeah. So get over there, check them out, and until next time, stay salty. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.